0: You're listening to the YCA podcast. This is a podcast created for coaches by the coaches. The Young Coaches Association is proud to present exclusive content from coaches, young and old, all across the state of South Carolina. The YCA podcast was created to provide a platform where coaches can share their own thoughts and insights to others with the hopes of building a brand and growing the profession. In more simple terms, these are ball coaches just sitting around talking ball. Thanks for listening to the YCA podcast. We hope you enjoy. Alright, and welcome to today's edition of the YCA Podcast. We are in part two, part two of improving in the offseason. And today, I'm excited. We have a very special guest on with us. Uh, Again, I'm your host, Cam Willis. I got my my co-host here, Coach Brett Fields and Coach Steven Davis. What's up, guys?
1: What's up, what's up, what's up? What's
0: up, guys? How you doing? Glad to be back, by the way. Hey, Coach Davis made it back.
1: No shirts, though. He's got no shirts in his hand.
0: No shirts, absolutely. Yeah, so, again, we did part one last week, dropped last week. We had Coach Brandon Cantrell on. And now today I'm super, super excited to have our special guest today, and that is my guy. It is Coach Ryan Young. Coach Young, what's up, man?
2: How you guys doing, man? I'm excited to be on. Uh, Appreciate you guys having me.
0: Absolutely, dude. I've, I've been pumped about this one ever since I reached out to you and, and you wanted to come on here. I've been excited about what we're going to put on tonight.
2: Oh yeah, me too, man. Me too.
0: Yeah, so again, Coach and I, I know we've talked and I, I gave you kind of the, the outline of what we're doing. It's improving the offseason, but Coach Young, he is the offensive coordinator at Lugolf Elgin High School and you've been some awesome places. I've been boosting you up all week, Coach. So <laughs> just, just kind of give us a little bit of your coaching background.
2: Well, I'll, I'll keep it kind of short and sweet. Um, I am 24 seasons in, uh, the high school football. Uh, I started out in Greenwood, uh, the first guy I ever cut my teeth under, uh, I really cut my teeth under besides just being a ninth grade gopher, uh, was Steve Tannehill. And uh, I ran with Steve for a good 15, 16 years. Won a lot of state championships and and a lot of football games. Uh, I kind of bring a different benefit than maybe some of some other coaches because I have coached in the upper state, the lower state, and in the Midlands in South Carolina and won everywhere at this point. Uh, We're working on Lugoff. It's a a work in progress, but we're going to get it there. Um, Coached a little bit at Union where I met uh, Cam, Coach Willis, and – coached down at Dillon with uh, legendary Jackie Hayes which was uh, a really unbelievable experience. Uh, now I'm with uh, Matt Campbell. Um, and he at Lugolf. he's the head coach at Lugolf. great guy, great coach. Um, really happy to be a part of the team. Um, and and enjoying it. <laughs> and it's it's funny I don't I've always told coach Willis that I don't I'm real picky as an assistant coach who, who I choose to go with and uh, thus far I'm, I think I've chosen Hall of Fame coaches everywhere I've gone and I think Coach Campbell will be that at some point so uh, that just tells you a little bit about the caliber.
0: Yeah coach so again uh, like I said I think I put a little bit out there on, on Twitter about you and I didn't say your name yet i like to be <laughs> you know give everybody kind
1: of a surprise but sneaky sneaky
0: we, we try I yeah. try you and I try to talk about it how many state championships have you won have you figured it I, out yet you know
2: you, you asked me the other day and honestly man I don't I think it's six high school league football championships and two in the private sector um i think but honestly uh and I'm sure that somebody like coach Tommy Knotts is is very similar I have a shoe box full of medals. I've been to, I, I was trying to count it up and I think I got to about 14, 15, 16. I just, honestly, I don't think about it. Um, to me, that's the goal. Obviously you wanna win and you wanna win the state championship. Everybody has that goal when we set out, uh, but after it happens, man, I enjoy it for a couple of weeks. Um, and when the ring comes in February I'll probably show it off a little bit, and you know, you do your parades and your your hoopla. And you know, man, honestly, it's back to work. It's about the next one to me. Uh, and, and what what's the next step? What can I do next? You know, one day when I retire, I'll sit back and I'll put all those things somewhere on a wall. It was funny I had to call my mom because they're they, it's in a case. They're all in a case at her house. <laughs> I don't even have them at my house. Wow. So yeah well that,
0: that that's awesome to coach, coaching I got to experience we didn't we didn't win it when we were together at union we at least got to go play for it um yeah and that was kind yeah. of my my closest experience as, as a coach but again one of the reasons why I was excited to bring you on is because for one like you said you've you've coached under some some pretty outstanding head football coaches and you've been some different places and you've been in the low country the midlands and the upstate so we're, we're reaching pretty much everybody with this podcast hopefully and I, I hope that you know People understand we're yeah. not just we're not just coming on here just talking our own little nonsense or whatever. We're gonna get some people on here, and, and you're one of those guys that we're excited to have on the well, show.
2: I, I appreciate it, man. I, I've I've listened to several of your your uh, shows, and you know, man, I can't think of anybody in the state of South Carolina doing what you guys are doing. I think it's just awesome. It's it's a true coach's perspective. Um, I listened to one of the, the 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 three series on being an assistant and how you guys, man, that is true and folks just don't know those things it is there's some some really tough truths to being an assistant coach and everybody wants to call plays you know And you got uh, several thousand assistant coaches up there in the stands every night but (laughs) you guys are really speaking the truth and i I, i've been pumping you up as much as i can i promise you I, i tell all my guys i said hey man you guys need to follow this just listen to these guys uh that's awesome, So I'm, I'm pretty excited about it, yeah.
0: Yeah, we, we appreciate it. And we'll. so that was kind of – I didn't say it, but that was kind of our <coughs> opening kick segment, kind of introduce you and kind of what we're going to talk about here. So we're going to take a, a small little break here, and then we're going to jump into some questions for you so that you can drop some knowledge on us, okay? All right, man, great. All right, we're going to take a quick break here. All right, we are here now. This is our first drive segment. Again, we've got Coach Ryan Young here. He is the offensive coordinator at Lugoff Elgin High School. And coach, we're going to go ahead and get into some questions here, so that you can share some of your own insights that you've had with your career.
2: All right. All right. Sounds All right.
0: Good. First question, just real quick, we kind of asked everybody this. When did you realize that you wanted to get into coaching?
2: Um, I'm probably a different story than most. Uh, did some did some different things when I started out. My father was uh, in the highway patrol, and so I was following in footsteps and I was working for the Department of Public Safety and Transport and um I was miserable (laughs) That's some bad parts of that job and I was a young guy and this guy John Schumper who coached uh at Greenwood at the time and uh, he's now I think he's at Powdersville now he's just an uh, admin but um John called me out of the blue and said hey man I think you should come to Lander, come back to school. I hadn't graduated with uh, an education degree. So he said, come back to Lander and help me coach. And I was like, well, this job is not very good. Sounds like a plan. And honestly, I was a little taken back. I didn't realize what I had stepped into. But I absolutely love being with the kids and, it's you know how it is. If you're if you're meant for it, buddy, it's a passion, and it is an absolute passion. I've never looked back.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, Coach. And um, like I said, it's we all have kind of different starts here and where we got it from. But that's pretty. It's pretty cool. That's why we asked that first question just to kind of get a feel for where everybody else started. So.
3: Oh, yeah. Hey, Coach Young. So I've got a quick question for you. Yeah.
0: All right. Go, yeah, David. Coach Davis has got the next question for you, Coach.
3: Hey, so Coach Young, what's some of the best advice you remember receiving as a young coach?
2: Um, I've received two really good pieces of advice as a young coach. One of them happened to come from from some of you guys. I think it's Coach Wilson's head coach now, Dr. Jerry Brown. Um, I was a young guy, and I was coaching offensive line. I was kind of new at it. And I jumped into something, signed myself up for something I probably shouldn't have, but I got invited to speak at a little O-line D-line clinic. And Coach Brown was the keynote speaker. And I, you know, of course I approached him and said, hey man, I want to be a head coach. And I'm you know, I'm like 26 years old and I'm telling him how I'm going to be a head coach and this is my plan and this is what I was going to r- run. And he sat me down at the table and looked me square in the face. He said, son, being a good head coach has very little to do with X's and O's. He said that the the biggest thing is getting with a great head coach. And he told me, he said, how old are you? And I told him, and he said, head coaching is not a young man's game. And for years, I didn't know what that meant. I had no idea. I was, you know, thinking, oh, he's just shunning me because I'm some, you know, slap dick.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Thought I'd throw that out there for you, There we go.
1: There we go, Coach. Uh,
2: but it. It, it later it dawned on me, there's so many things that happen as a head coach that you've got to be able to deal with it that have nothing to do with your philosophy or your play or your defensive scheme has nothing to do with it. you got to be mature enough and experienced enough to handle it. And I, it was just great advice for me, and it made me refocus my energies on what my job was. And once I figured that out, I got really good at it. So, uh, the second piece of advice I got um, was, uh, was actually from uh, Rex Ryan at a clinic. Uh, he was with, I think, Baltimore at the time or New York Jets. And, and he just sat down and ate lunch with us like we were his buddies. And he, he just told me, I told him, same type thing, same type age. And he said, you know, those 10 things, nine or 10 things that come across your desk, Will determine your legacy, how you do things. And I said, "What nine or ten things?" He said, "They have nothing to do with football. You're going to get something about a kid or a player that did something wrong. How are you going to handle that? Are you going to kick this kid off? Is it worth saving this kid? Do you need to save this kid? Does this kid need football more than he needs, you know, than you than he needs the discipline? What in those type of things really resonated with me because." Especially at the high school level, and you guys all know this, we're we're not just in the business of playing ball and coaching ball. We're in the business of building men, and and that that really resonated to me, you know. And I kind of approached the way I did my job as an assistant, and I'm still an assistant, and I love it, uh, you know, differently. Those not just those guys. I, I try to look out for all of my guys, and I try to look at it almost individually. So I. To me, that was like really, really soul searching advice.
3: Coach, that's really great advice, especially for young guys out there that are thinking that and say, hey, sometimes you need to take a step back and look at the bigger picture because they may, they may be looking at, hey, we can do this, 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 and this when they don't see what comes across that head coach's desk because you don't need to see it. You know, you're yep. not. No, a-
2: and, it, and, and you see it all the time on, on Saturdays, especially in the, the media. It's easy to blame that guy. But what they don't see is what did he have to deal with leading up to this? Right. So, yeah, I always thought it was really solid advice. Wait, so, so coach, you mean
0: that if I draw up the coolest plays and put them on the whiteboard, I'm not going to, that's not going to help me be a
2: head coach? <laughs> well, first off, you do draw up some really cool plays. <laughs> on the I have, I uh, have sponged several off of you, <clears throat> but uh, no, that, that I and love it. it's, it's so awesome. And and like I said, I worked for Steve Tannehill, Jackie Hayes, and now Matt Campbell. And obviously, Steve had a ton to do with our offense, but you know it as well as I do, Coach Willis. He had more to do with coaching us and bringing us along. Absolutely. And then I really, I really got to see it with Jackie Hayes, and I I, I was I was just blown away at how Jackie Hayes manages a program and manages his people. And he deals with so many things. And it just took me back. There was, he had complete trust in his guys to run his offense, defense, or special teams. And and very rarely did he interject. But if you asked him anything to do with that week's game prep, he knew the answer. So the man was doing his film work. But he would, he had coached his people to handle those things on the field so that he could handle those other things. Nine or ten things that come across his desk every day. Yeah, and it was just you know, it's it was awesome.
0: Well, and coach, we, you and I both have have sat down and looked at each other after practice before and been like, "Why are we even here? Like, <laughs> should we even coach anymore?" <laughs> but like, it's because Coach T. I mean, he he was tough on us, but we also later on we appreciated that, and it's also made both of us better than we would have been oh, without it, that. It was-
2: there is no doubt. The, the true, Steve Tannehill gave us the true meaning of tough love. That's right. There, there is no doubt about it. Uh, and I don't know how many times you or I got fired in a game, but I lost count <laughs> several times. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> Fun times, though, for sure. All right. Uh, so, Coach, that was our first drive segment. We're going to jump into our cover three segment right after this, okay?
2: Great.
1: All right, guys. So, we're back here with Coach Young. Uh, we got the defense section here. we got a little cover three question for you. And I'm a three guy. I love the threes. I'm all about three things, three words, three ideas. So here's here's your question here for the cover three. We've asked Coach Cantrell this, and I'll tell you his answer when I get done asking the question. But if somebody that knew you were to describe your coaching style or demeanor, what would be the three words they would use? Coach Cantrell came up with (laughs) calm – Cool, collected was his three words. I'm, I'm laughing at you, Coach. <laughs> more
2: opposite, and, and I it, <laughs> hair on fire.
1: <laughs> love it, love it. Love I, it. I am
2: a hundred miles an hour. Now I'm pretty calm during a game.
1: Yeah, but I, I can vouch for that.
2: Every other time I am, it's 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 hard to believe I hadn't had a heart attack. On the field of practice.
1: So, so coach, I know you coach some different things, but are are you more towards that prototypical offensive line coach that's a sack of hell at practice every day? Is that what you're kind you of know, saying? I used
2: to, I used to be. um And again, I'll go back to Steve a little bit. When before I got, he would even allow me to touch a play call, uh even suggest a play call. I had to know every thing everybody did and i know, had to know how to train it how to practice it, right. how to do it so right. i had to know quarterback i had to know wide receiver had to know running back tight end if we had it and and a lot uh so when i say and he taught us and coach willis can can about say so this if you call a play you better be able to see everything and every person that did something wrong not just your group so when i say coach with your hair on fire i mean I'm, I might, the play might end in practice and I am on a guard that didn't inside step and protect his gap at the left side and on a wide receiver who might not, have uh, you know, pushed off far enough. He broke his route at five instead of six and, you know, always seeing the, the quarterback, Hey man, you got to step up to the pressure in the pocket, blah, 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 blah. That is, and that's all within, you know, 45 seconds. Cause I want the next play run. I want, as many reps as I can get in practice.
1: And so, Coach, you're kind of saying what I love, but you're kind of saying that if you had a, a young guy, and you might have had a young guy around you at a time, when you're correcting those four different guys within 45 seconds, for the first time that assistant's seeing you, he's going, holy crap, how does this guy do all this?
2: <laughs> and it and it and it, they do that. They do – sometimes it shocks them. Sometimes I lose guys. they kind of like, hey, I just would rather coach – middle school or something <laughs> but it, it happens like that but I am what I am and
1: yeah and yeah and
2: that's just, you know if it's my way and I'm calling it and it's my offense like right now at Lugoff and Matt Campbell has said hey this, you do you now he had suggestions but and my coaches got to keep up and that's what meetings are for hey guys I give them a script every day of practice here these are the plays that are, I might not run them in order every time but uh these is this is what we're going to do this week this is what we're going to do today. So you better be, you better understand and be able to keep up. Hey, we coach, coach on the fly.
0: Yeah. So, so talk a little bit about, like, so you've coached obviously a bunch of different positions, offense and defense. Does your yep. demeanor and style change based off of what positions you're coaching, or are you pretty much the same all the way through?
2: <laughs> yeah, that's a great question, man. That um, it does a little bit. I don't believe, uh, and I just say I've got a great quarterback right now at Lugoff, and he is a a, a very uh mild-mannered kid he's a fierce competitor but he's he's very calm and he's young he's 15 years old and I can't jump him like I would an offensive lineman And I hate to say it and, and Fields you know this you're a D-line guy too uh those guys in the trenches they get coached a little bit different absolutely <laughs> and, and wide receivers you might have to to play to their to their ego just a tad here and there and know when to crawl them and when not to, and when to teach something in a softer voice. Offensive lineman, defensive lineman, man, it's you—you're you're getting in it. Because <laughs> if you're tough enough to be a starter in the trench, you're tough enough to take me.
1: Absolutely.
2: <laughs> so yeah, to answer that, yeah, I, I'm a little bit different with, with certain guys, but I think it also bears down to to knowing your people, man. You gotta you gotta know your
1: guys. And coach, guy I'm going to cut it? you off here. I think that's yeah, something exactly. that kind of, when I say older coaches, guys who have done it, you know, 20, 30, 40 years, they maybe don't understand as much anymore as it, the game has changed a little bit with coaching, and you definitely need to know your people and build those relationships and be able to coach people differently. I oh, think that's, that's, that's kind of undervalued, even, you know.
2: Oh, I, I 100% agree with you, Coach Fields. 100% agree. And I think even nowadays in, the, in today's society, it's more important. Uh, and I hate to say it like this. We have a there are a ton of athletes out there, great football players. They don't have two parent homes.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, there's a lot of them. I know down in your in the lower part of the state where you guys are. There's a lot of that. There was when I was at Dillon, uh, and they look at you as a father figure. Well, you can crawl them, but you gotta love them. You too. better
1: love on them at some point. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: And they gotta know it. And if they do know, you love them they're going to they're gonna
1: go through brick walls.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. That, I remember with Coach Tannehill, he always said, you know, you, like you said, you can coach them hard, but when you walk through those gates and practice is over, you need to put your arm around them. And that's something that kind of stuck with me, you know, for as long as I've been coaching. Oh,
2: yeah. It's yeah. Very good advice right there. Yeah. So, Coach,
0: yes. I, we'll kind of – you answered your question. We've also asked you another question. I'm going to do a – I'm going to kind of improvise here. This is cover three. I'm going to ask yeah. you a quick third question before we go to the next one. So – yeah. Coaching with Coach when we Tannehill, we were never allowed to talk to the quarterbacks, correct?
2: <laughs> you guys won. <weren't. laughs> yeah. Yeah. We weren't, we
0: weren't allowed to talk to the quarterbacks. Well, you might not have been allowed. You probably did on the side when he wasn't looking, but. Yeah. So here's my question for you What was it like the first time you were actually, actually able to, it was okay for you to talk to the quarterback?
2: Well, it's, it's funny. Um, a lot of times you guys didn't see it, especially at Union. I was allowed to during our private film sessions. Uh, and I think, you know, Coach T was kind of training me. He knew what was coming. And he was kind of making sure I knew all aspects of the game. At that point in time, I'd learned every other position. And so he he's really letting me in on the, the insights of quarterback. Uh, but the first time I really got a guy by myself, man, it was, uh, it was J-Tail Lester down at Dylan. And I was like, wait, he is all mine. This is my kid. <laughs> Everything I do is a result. It was it was awesome, and to see him go out there, Cam. I remember you texted me in the state championship against Chapman, uh, when we we called the ninety nine yard touchdown run. Yes,
0: sir. No, I, know run. I know what you ran. I know what you ran. Yes, sir. Because <laughs> we ran
2: it the same. <laughs> I sure did. Ninety nine yards, uh, awesome baby. Too. I love it. Uh, and, and, and I knew, man. And to see all the work and the footwork and the things that went into that play and that kid doing that man it was awesome it was unbelievably awesome
0: that's cool man yeah. all
1: right coach that that's kind of wrapping up our cover three here so we're moving on to the two minute drill next
2: all right
0: all right so we are back here this is uh again everyone's favorite segment of the show this is the two minute drill uh we're going to give coach young here a couple of you know quick answer questions uh coach we'll shoot the question at you i'll shoot it at you you answer it Quickly, it's two-minute drill. Like we ain't got with no huddle. You ain't got time to, you know, look around and see what defense is in. You just got to call it. All right. Right. All right. You answer, then Coach Davis, Coach Fields, and myself. All right. You ready? Yeah. All right. Here we go. Favorite holiday. Christmas.
3: Halloween.
1: Fourth of July. <laughs>
0: Christmas. All right. Least favorite holiday.
3: Halloween. <laughs> President's Day.
1: Thanksgiving.
0: <laughs> Non-American. What is wrong with you? Um, yeah, Halloween myself. All right, here we go. Favorite opening play. Oh.
2: Bench right over the middle. Okay. Little I hear you behind
0: it. I hear oh, okay, little double post. I was gonna say double post. Okay. Power. Was that G Rap? <laughs> I hear you. Is that G Rap? I, I, I don't no, know. No, G Rap. For... <laughs> no G Rap. <laughs> okay, I, I go with something quick. Something quick. Something a like quick game, something. All right. Favorite pass formation. Trips. Sweet.
1: Yep. Dubs. Empty.
0: Empty, baby. Favorite run formation. Uh
2: twenty-one tight end to H back. Tight end
1: H back. Two tight
3: ends. Yeah. Empty. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the
0: two tights myself. <laughs> All right. Uh, turkey hunt or deer hunt. I don't. Do you even
2: hunt anymore, Coach? Ooh, I do, man. Turkey,
3: turkey, there turkey. You go. Love turkey. Deer hunt if I'm gonna hunt.
1: Turkey hunting. That's the only option.
0: Field says I'll. I'll. Deer, I mean, I'm turkey hunt. I, I don't do either. Oh man. No. Oh, yeah, yeah. So. All right. Defense. You hate to play against. And three
2: three stack. Three four. Oh, it's stack.
0: Yeah, three three stack. I knew you was gonna say that too, Coach. Um, let's see. Favorite route against
2: man coverage? Uh the comeback. Oh, okay. Smokes. Go yeah. route. Call smoke.
1: Slot fade. Yeah, I like the fade. That's a good one. I like
0: That's the fade or the slant. It don't matter. All right, here we go. Uh take the ball or defer.
2: Defer. Attaboy. a boy. And leave off. Defer. <laughs> <Attaboy. laughs>
0: Take the ball. I like the fur, too. All right, on the field or up top, if you're calling it? On the
2: field. There you go. Got to be to top. On the field.
1: Up top.
0: I like on the field, too. All right, here's I threw this one in here just for you, big dog. It's golf partner with money on the line. Coach Willis or Coach Tannehill?
3: Coach Willis. All day.
0: <laughs> I, I've never played with all Coach day. T,
3: but I'm going to go with Coach
1: Willis. <laughs> I haven't seen Coach T play, so I'm going with Coach Willis. <laughs> I'm going with myself. Coach all T ain't long. beating me. <laughs>
2: Period. All day long.
1: As much, well, money as,
2: get out as
1: much money as
0: I took from him. Listen, you was on the wrong end of both of those anyway. Two-minute drill. I know. I know. All right, <laughs> here we keep go. rolling. Keep rolling. All right, call sheet or no call sheet? Uh,
2: I call sheet, but I memorize.
1: No call sheet? No call sheet. Yeah, I,
0: I've made them, but I don't really ever use them. So. All right, ball Ooh. ball on the one-yard line, under center or in the gun?
3: Mm, gun. Mm. Ooh. Under center. Under center.
0: Yeah, I like under too. All right, signal or wristband? Signal.
1: Wristband. Signal.
0: I like signal too. Huddle or no huddle? No huddle.
3: No
1: huddle. No huddle. huddle.
0: Absolutely. All right, favorite offensive coach you can't pick yourself. It can be anybody Favorite you you said favorite offensive? Yeah, it could be NFL
2: college pro don't have high school. I don't care. Uh, Oh. John Green. Okay.
1: Wow Um
3: Cliff Kingsbury. Okay. Wow! Okay. Yuck!
1: Okay. Yuck! Sean McVay. Uh, mine, I love what he does. With the mine play
0: right now. Stuff. Mine right now is they, of course nine? Coach Heibel. Coach Heibel. All right. Last one. Okay. Favorite defensive coach, coach. Coach.
2: coach. Favorite defensive coach. Golly, I hate them all. How about that? <laughs> I like
0: it. That's it's a good gone, answer, Coach. That's a good answer, <laughs> Ryan.
1: Central. There you go. Uh, Dave Aranda.
0: I said uh, Nick Saban last time, so I'm going to go with that one. All right, Coach, that's the two-minute drill. Obviously, it was a little bit longer than two minutes, but we're going to wrap that one up and go to the next segment. All
2: right.
1: All right, Coach, so we're back here with the air it out segment here of our podcast. So this is the meat and potatoes. We're big meat and potatoes guys here. So (laughs) our first question here, really, we want you to be a Webster's Dictionary for us. Define what getting better in the offseason means to you personally.
2: Personally, so as I'm getting better. Correct. uh, Well, i tell you the first thing I do, no matter what, when the season ends, uh, I take a breath, I take a weekend, I hang out with my family, uh, and then I self-evaluate. I step back a minute and I self-evaluate. What did I not do or do right or wrong? Where did I need to get better? What are the things that I need to focus on? Because if I'm not focused and I'm not evaluating getting better, I can't expect my kids or my coaches to get better. So that is, you know, uh, the, to me, that part the offseason is so big on evaluation because that's when championships are won, won and lost. If you come out and do the same thing without evaluating yourself, especially as a play caller, defensively or offensively, if you don't evaluate yourself, somebody is. And when you go to pull that again in the next game, they're going to get you. So I think that was huge.
1: So, Coach, w- w- pretty much what you're saying is you do – the the thing that I'm kind of like hooked on here is the very first thing you said. You kind of take a mental break when it ends, right? And I, I think, have
2: to. I think everybody needs to. Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, and I've learned that it, as a young coach, man, I was like, especially if we lost the state title game or something, I want to dive right back into it. Man, what did we do wrong? What did we do wrong? But you're not looking at it fresh. You're not. You're not doing yourself any favors. Your your mind is set on whatever you were doing at that point in time, whatever your game plan was. So it, to me, you got to step back, and and I have a son, a young son. It's time for me to go do something he wants to do. Refresh myself. Go fishing. I know you're a big fishing guy, Fields. Absolutely. So, and, and you know, take your mind off of it me even if it's if it's with your family uh, a lot of guys my age got you know wives and kids and stuff and but you got to step back to me if you don't man you can burn out really fast in this business
0: so coach do you i mean obviously you're a coordinator so do you kind of share that same like are you telling your assistants that, that work under you like they need to go and take a break too
2: absolutely and and I, and I didn't get that from coach Danny Hill <laughs> There were no days off.
3: Um, <laughs> absolutely not. Absolutely
2: not. But Coach Hayes was awesome. He kind of taught me to say, Coach Campbell, my uh, Matt Campbell, at Lugoff does the same exact philosophy. When the season ends, we come in, you know, we might powwow for a few minutes and, and you know, win, lose, whatever, good season, bad season. And he says, I don't want to see you guys for a week. Don't come up here. Don't clean your locker. Don't do – I don't want to see you for a week. And then a week – Or so it might be two weeks um depending on when we lost you know and he does the same thing with the kids uh we don't want to see you besides in class right uh go go home go be with your families go do christmas shopping whatever it is that you're going to do fishing and then in two weeks a week whatever it is we'll come back and we'll talk about get your mind wrapping around on what do we need to do moving forward
1: and coach i'll kind of piggyback off you here with that too like just, just simply speaking of people don't understand, and even assistants and coordinators and head coaches, people involved in high school football don't really understand or think about the sacrifices that uh, your family's yeah. making. You know what I mean? Whether it's your wife or your girlfriend or your mom or your sons, your daughters, they're all making a sacrifice during football season for you to give your oh, all to those kids. So uh, I, I think yeah, as it gets deep great. into a playoff run, I mean, you just kind of forget about it, Right and then yeah. when that all ends you need to take that deep breath in and remember what they've done for you you know so taking that mental break i yeah. think is huge of what you just said and honestly if a guy doesn't really have a hobby i don't know about you <laughs> but i look at him kind of sideways you know what i mean i mean not yeah. everybody's got to hunt and fish but if they don't have a way to to kick back and get away from their job i kind of look at him kind of weird you know you got to have yeah. that
2: hobby uh, i think decompression is is so is so important absolutely I like the jokes Cam could probably remember this. Coach Willis remember my son was a wee baby and he would sleep during our coaches' meetings in the laundry basket. Oh yeah. yeah <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> would. That's that's sacrifice right there, buddy. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> so yeah, I think you gotta be impressed And that's what right.
0: like that was one of the cool things about when Coach Sweeney was on. Uh, he talked about now when he interviews people, he always asks, like, what do you do outside of the sport that they're trying to hire somebody for. And I think that's a big deal nowadays because people can get wrapped up into, you know, like you said, as soon as it's over, all right, what do we need to fix? And then, you know, it's, it kind of burns everybody out. And so I think that's a good thing that you were talking about. So,
2: yeah. Yeah. And if, if I could piggyback, let me just piggyback a little bit, flip the side of that coin a little bit. As important as it is to decompress, I think it's also important once you do decompress for a couple of weeks or however long it takes you, that when you come back, it is full bore. You are 100% locked into your new assignment. That season is over. And, and and I see it so often, especially with young coaches. And, I, you know, before the show, I talked to you a little bit about one of the coaches I have, a young guy now, and I see it all the time. They, they kind of lose track of their players during the season, especially if they work at – he works at a middle school – uh, but coaches at the high school, so he kind of loses track of his position players. I think it's just as important for them to see you. Okay, hey man, we refreshed, and now we're on to the next season, and here we go. This is what we're doing. This is what you need to improve on. This is where we get get better. Uh, you know, I think it's important for me as a coordinator, and and I know we're kind of talking about the off season and the difference between coordinator and assistant. As a coordinator, it's important for me to once I get back from my little break is to get with my coaches and, and say, hey, let's, let's talk about this kid, or, or you doing this drill, or this is something that hurt us. We got to get better at this. You know, I think and, – and being able to do some things with them, uh, bond with them just as much as build a relationship with your kids in the off season a, as it is to build with your coaches. I mean, I just – I think that's just – that's a kind of the flip side to that. But I think it's pretty important.
3: Yeah,
0: you're right. You're right on there, Coach. And, uh, you know, we, we'll kind of talk about some of those things that you just said about the differences between assistant, coach, and coordinator. But real quick, I want to jump – I want you to think back right now to being a young coach. Like, when you were young, first starting out, what what are some of the ways that you tried to improve in the off season when you were younger?
2: Yeah, uh, um – well, one of the big things that I did, especially when I was in my, you know, mid to late twenties, and I, I consider that young. When I say young, it's not about age; it's about your experience level to me. Uh, and I think one of the most important things was I would go and see and, and talk to other coaches. Um, you know, talk not just clinic, not just clinic. Um, sometimes when you go to these big college clinics, you get to hear a guy, but you don't really get to talk to him. And when they do talk to you, you're a young guy, you're in your 20s, it's over your head. Right. It, I loved talking with guys, you know, high school coaches. Um, I loved getting different perspectives. Uh, I used to love to to have conversations with a guy named Will Mitchell, who was a defensive guy, great defensive coach. He was at Chester for many years, was a head coach at Louisville. But, man, he always had a just great advice, great different perspectives. Uh, and it, he didn't coach offense, you know it just gave me another way to attack something. And I thought that that always made me a, a better coach as a young coach. Um, and again, you know, you go back to self-evaluation and, and sure, you got to do those things. Those are important things to do. Uh, but as a young coach, I think it's important that you you earn some worth with your coordinator or your head coach, meaning learn something new. Not, not just, if you coach wide receivers, learn something that'll keep you valuable. As much as we all hate laundry, be great at it, you know. As as much as we hate uh, lining the field, learn how to do it efficiently. Learn, you know, learn a new skill. Learn defensive line if you're an O-line coach because that's going to make you better, you know. That, and that's the time to do it. Take take some players and do something with them, you know. That, that to me, is important as a young coach to, to – keep stepping forward you don't have to have aspirations to be a coordinator which most do but to take that next step you better know how to coach some other positions
3: and coach so what are some of the ways that maybe you've evolved in either your self-evaluation or some of the things that you've looked at from when you were a younger coach to now
1: the flip of the Um, coin as you said earlier yeah the
3: flip of the coin
2: (laughs) um Checking my ego, man. Um, I'm a lot like Coach Willis, and I want to throw it. I want to throw it. I do. Um, and sometimes you, you're not – it doesn't set up for that. So sometimes I got to check my ego, and I have to have somebody else who may not – may know more than me, may, may be equal, maybe just a different voice to take a look at what I've done and, and, and take the criticism. I got to take the criticism. When there's a young coach – you couldn't tell me anything. Nuh-uh, you don't know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. we're all kind of arrogant and Absolutely. so forth, especially offensive guys. Yes. <laughs> yes. I and know one of them. Is. Stubborn. <laughs>
1: stubborn <laughs> to a point. You get stubborn. Very, very
2: much. And it, it's funny now. I, I tell you, I'm a spread guy. I want to throw it every play. And that's the way I look. A, a lot of times I look from the – from, or I used to, as a young coach, look from the top of the coverage down to the box and now as a veteran coach and i've learned different perspectives i look for in the box out um and i've had to adapt i mean we were a power run team this year i didn't have five wide receivers you know but i did have two running backs that could flat get it done so i had to adjust well i'm not i wasn't a power eye guy so i had to go back to school so to say and find me a power eye guy that i could i could understand and, and that would help me evaluate myself I wouldn't have done that as a young coach.
1: Right, I you yeah. mean you're, you're I checking sketch. the ego at the door to go. Yeah, man, I, I, I need to do the best for pegs. my kids. Yeah, right. Yeah,
2: and and you don't always do that. You you as a young coach, you a lot of times like, well, I just had to work him twice as hard. Well, that kid might not have that ability. Right. <laughs> you know, if he can't throw it seventy-five yards, of flat-footed, well, you probably ought not throw that route. <laughs>
0: What? No, we throwing that every time, coach. It don't matter.
2: <laughs> <laughs> just, just
0: close your eyes and throw it.
2: I, I that was some philosophy at one point. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, coach. So you kind of hit on it a few minutes ago. You were talking about the difference between uh, assistant coach, coordinator, and everyone that listens to this is not going to be a coordinator. You know, it's you know we're, right, we're kind of right. leading up to that. But talk talk about some of the difference, if there are any differences, between trying to improve in the offseason as an assistant as compared to being a coordinator.
2: Oh man, it's it's a it's a lot different. Um, yeah, it it it's still it's still a lot of the same in self evaluation, but it's a lot different. I'll, I'll just put this. Hopefully, I can use the right words here. Um, when you're an assistant coach and you're you're doing this, you're looking at okay, I'm a wide receivers coach. I'll just kind of use that as an example. And okay, what guys? didn't do well, this guy didn't run an out route very well, he rounded this or he didn't do this or you know, he opens his hips too quick or something like that so you're evaluating a position as a coordinator, you don't even you're trying to think of what guys did I lose, what guys am I getting, what guys do I need to step up can I plug them in here or do I have to completely change what I'm doing and it's just like I said earlier I want to be spread but I didn't have that I didn't have those guys so, we went to a lot of heavy packages this year. Uh, and at one point, I got in a three-back set, which is very <laughs> uncharacteristic for my, my style.
0: Wait, is that legal? But, you can do that?
2: <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> uh, but things like, you know, what offense am I going to be able to run effectively and, and score points? What personnel, what fits this team, what fits this kid? Is there a superstar? How do I get him the ball? It, and, and one of the biggest things to me is watching them grow in the off season especially like that age between freshman and sophomore they grow so much and they really have a full year in the weight room uh, and a small plug to the strength and conditioning guys you can't do it enough uh, that's just huge to me in the off season but you see this growth between these guys and this kid that might have been five foot eight is now six one. And and 180 pounds, and you're going, wait a minute. Th- this kid can help us here. He's not a bench warmer. How do I fit him in the system? Uh, a, a, another big thing to me is is creating creating backup plans. Um, and a lot of guys won't tell you this, but if you coached in the areas that I've coached in, you got some kids that will get into trouble. So plan for your starting wide receiver, running back, to get suspended. What are you going to do? If you know he's that type of kid, are you going to put your thumb on him and make sure his position coaches on him? Or, or are you going to have a backup plan? You better have a backup plan. You know, what are you going to do without him? Yep. Who's up next? Uh, how are you going to change? Do you have to reinvent the wheel? Uh, those things go through your head constantly. Um, and also coaching changes, uh, especially nowadays. High school is a lot like <laughs> it's trying to get like college where people just fly out the window Um so a lot of times you go through coaching changes. Are you going to have to hire a guy? What kind of guy do you want to hire? Um, do you have the positions? Do you have the spot? you got to be one-on-one or, or in tune with the athletic director, the head coach. Um, me as an offensive guy, uh, I lost the running backs coach last year, and, you know, we're looking, we're looking. It, it, there's not a lot of running back spots out there, you know. There's not a lot of running back coaches that will come and teach Spanish so that's something you got to work out you got to figure out where can you fit the guy you want and how can you go get him uh so that's always a big challenge that i don't think people think about especially not fans you know uh that that to me has been a it wasn't an issue at dylan because it they were just everywhere i mean we we had the staff but you know you get that a little bit in some of these other schools in, in other
1: places. Uh, and I think that's but, something to think about. You know, we're, we're kind of – we're saying as young coaches, but hopefully we're having a wide uh, age range of people listening that maybe somebody who gets that first coordinator job or gets that opportunity doesn't think about these things. They're like, all right, right. hell yeah, I'm about to be a coordinator. And then you get in there and you're like, all right, now your running back coach is leaving, um, your defensive line guy's leaving, and the teaching spot is Spanish, or I've seen Latin one time. Or you may not even have a teaching spot for that guy. Can you even get a certified guy in the building? Um, if right. it's a non-certified guy, is he even qualified to do it? You know what I mean? Um, those, like you just said, those are awesome answers. Those are things that people don't think about. They just see, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm about to get this new title. It's about to be awesome. I'm about to run everything. You know, right. but you, you, you truly need help to do this the right way.
2: And you got guys and, – and, I know that you were at Cross, yeah. At one point, and then you know now you're back at Kane Bay, or well, I say back, but at your alma mater. Yes, sir. But you know, say you're you're a position coach, and you're offered a coordinator position, or you're interviewing for a coordinator position. As if you're on my team, I want to promote you. I, if if you've done the job, you've done the work, and and you've and you've you've earned that that right. Right. I want to help you get that. Yeah. I want to write that letter of resignation. I want to pick up the phone and make that call for you and say, hey, you need to hire this guy. But in the, in hindsight, I still got to hire somebody to replace you.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
2: <laughs> so there's a lot more that goes on uh, in that coordinators. Uh, one of the things I do is I, I make my guys go back and, and rewatch your film. or you know, the cut ups and just say, OK, I need to reevaluate you know, how we did
1: this. Absolutely. I That's something game I'm game doing do now myself. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Coach, coach so, Young,
3: good yeah, I, I really like how you talked about how assistant coaches need to look at their position group and evaluate your position group. I think that yeah. as an assistant coach, you need to be focused in the off season on how you can be a better assistant coach and make your group better. Because we've talked about it on this on this show before, you're kind of the CEO of of your position group. You know, I think yeah, some you are. some assistant coaches are going to look at scheme, and they're going to think and they're going to try to learn a new defense when they're not even the defense coordinator. <laughs> you know, yeah, you don't and, even you know, know their own defense, or don't, or don't even, even know, know yeah know their own defense. I think that is a huge problem.
2: And I think this, and I use DBs, and I know you face this, Fields. So I know you have, because I've faced it offensively. But you got a DBs coach, for example, that says, "Hey, you know, all we ran last year was Cover four. You know, we had right. two safeties that get down in the alley or blah, blah, blah. Well, right. oh, we ran cover two because we had two tough corners, physical corners. Well, now we don't have those guys. Those guys graduated. Right. So, Coach Fields says as the defense coordinator, hey, we're going to probably be a cover three team. Well, as a position coach, you need to flip the switch. When you come back from your decompression and that's offseason, you got three months before spring ball to say, I'm going to know everything I can know. About cover three defense.
1: Absolutely, that's
2: what your focus is. Not that's, whether that's growing where you're playing, playing it. a four three or yeah. three four.
1: Yeah, that's growing yeah. where you're planted right there.
2: Exactly, exactly. And I think and, and that's that's huge.
1: And, and something else to say with that too, Coach. What what Coach is saying is true, and he's not only saying like do it away from your staff. Like get with your defensive. Don't be like afraid to blow up that guy's phone. And go to his classroom and bug the crap out of that guy because you want to be the best. So go be the best and then learn on your own. Yeah. Like, don't just be like, well, we talk enough during the season. No, bug that guy, especially if that's your goal is to get in that role one day. Bug that guy first. See what he wants out of cover three, you know?
2: Right. Yeah. How do you want us to play it? I think this player plays better as this technique.
1: Right.
3: I
2: think he's not as fast and we need to back him up a little bit or play, you know, butt to the sideline or, you know, that's, that's, that's mowing your own lawn. That's, that's growing where you're playing. I know all the cliches in the world, but the fact is the coordinator wants to trust that when we go to spring ball, he doesn't have to stop. And like I said, hair on fire, go coach your guys. Yeah, He wants to trust that you've done the job before we get there. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's it. that to me, it's different as a coordinator. Uh, and I think it's just as important for a coordinator to coach his coaches. I evaluate my coaches too. And sometimes those are hard conversations. You know, uh, I talked to you a little bit about that young guy that I'm, I'm working with right now. Um, and he, he had to get better. And I had, it's my job to help him get better so that he can make his kids better.
3: And, and we've talked so. about this as one of our pillars kind of on here is communication. You've got to have honest and true communication in the off season. If things didn't go kind of the way you maybe planned it and you go into a meeting with a coach and say, man, you did a great job, you know, it's not going to get any better. It's not going to flip a magic switch. So communication yeah. is, is, is key. And then communication isn't always easy. No, it, it's not. And sometimes
2: sometimes those tough conversations need to be held outside of the office.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and I, I'm a big fan um, in, in doing something together as coaches. Just, you know, like Coach Willis said, we would go play golf all the time. Um, and get I would lose a lot of money to coach Wilson that's but, right um,
0: <laughs> don't forget
2: but <it. laughs> <laughs> but we always had fun and coach Wilson and I a lot of times would ride together and just man he would sit there and pick my brain and you know and that's that's part of it man and, and obviously it's it's panned out for him and worked very well so just yeah. little things like that man. well and like
0: you know honestly if you're in a, if you're a coach and you're listening to this like if you're coaching and you don't want to get better then you probably shouldn't be coaching in the first place. Like, so, you know, my thing was with Coach T or yourself, especially because you had been with him for so long. I wanted, I was kind of like, I don't want to bug Coach T all the time, so I'm just going to bug Coach Young. So I just go bug you <laughs> and, and text you and, you know, like ask you a bunch of questions and stuff like that. So, you know, I, th- I think yeah. that's important, like you said, to go sit down. If, if you're an assistant, go sit down with the OC and like, you know, ask those tough questions like, Coach, you know, what can I do better and, and things like that. And, I think that's important on both ends. As the coordinator, you need to sit down oh, yeah, and have absolutely. those conversations. You've Got to be open. Yes, and you yeah, got to want those yeah. as assistant coaches. You got to want that conversation.
2: Right. And, and as a young coach, as, as a young coach, you don't want them to jump into. You know, you don't want them thinking, "Oh man, you know, I'm ready to step." Like we win the state championship, and we had some young coaches on staff, And at one point, I was one of them. Okay, I'm ready to be a head coach. I've done it all. I won the state championship. I didn't do nothing. <laughs> you know. Right. But in my mind, it was time to, oh, I'm ready for the next step. Well, sometimes, and I had Coach Tannehill who would put me in my place very quickly. <laughs> uh, I know that that's really hard to believe, but, <laughs> uh, yeah. But you know, if you're around good coaches and a good coordinator and a good head coach, they'll kind of sit you back and say, hey, wait a minute, why do you think this? How How good are you at this? And Fields, you know it, and you can stump guys all the time. If you throw a certain question out there about defense, you got some of these young offensive coaches who go, "Uh, uh, uh, I, I do, uh, I don't know." Right. And you can stump them real fast. Well, right. you don't have that kind of time if you want to be that next guy. And that just shows them they're not ready. And, you, and the next thing is, hey, man, let's sit down and let's let's list your pros and cons, and let's get better today. Let's us get better so that next year. We're even better, and maybe you're a step closer to, to that point. When it's time, I'll help you, you know? And I think that so comes I'm, with yeah. working
1: with a guy, too. Like, we talked about, you know, qualities, looking for a head coach, communication, like Coach Davis said. And, Coach, you've even said it today. Like, you've worked for some Hall of Fame guys. You need to yeah. set yourself up when you're assistant working for a program and a head coach that will do these type of things, you know, actually has oh, yeah. communication with you. Um, I get that yeah, may not happen good. in an interview knowing, you know, if he's going to be like that, but there's questions that need to be answered. You know what I mean? There's people that need to be put in their place. And if you're not working for a guy who's going to do that, you are going to think you're, you know, the crap, okay. you know, to say it without getting uh, Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, listen, coach, you know, from experience, I'm sure, because when I was at union and we were there together and coach, some of the, the times that I learned the most, was it you know? Coach would finally let us call some plays on Thursday and stuff like that, and we, would you know, yeah. win a football game. Well, then we come in on Friday morning. I got my McDonald's breakfast. Here you go, Coach T. And he's like, Coach, what what is this? And I'm okay, like, yeah. he, he's what like watching film. He's like, what are you? What is this right here? Like, why why'd you run this? This is stupid. You know, and I'm just like, oh. To this
2: day, he still does. That oh, anymore. I mean,
0: you know, and, and honestly, <laughs> like he had a way of like making you go from, oh yeah, we just won, to like, oh shoot, I'm not as good as I thought I was, and. And, again, it sucked at the time in that moment, but it also, again, made me better. It made us better, and it was was beneficial in the long run. And I would rather play or coach for someone that's going to do that than not have a clue about what I'm doing and think that what I'm doing is the right thing or, you know, just let it go.
3: Well, it builds trust. You build trust through communication and being honest with people. And you build well, that relationship. And, and then you, when you take that criticism from Coach, you say, well, he's not attacking me personally. He's still he's going to throw his arm around. But it's because right. he wants you to grow. And he only wants – I mean, he wants you to grow because you're a part of – you're an extension of him. You know, yeah. he, he, he wants yeah. – you're a part of exactly. the, the program. Why would he not and want and you to be the, better? The perfect
2: example of that we see every day is Nick Saban. He is the, mo- the perfect example of that. Yeah. And all these assistants look at his tree and look at the success. Well, whether he says it in the media or not, that's prideful. And if you as a young coach and a young assistant coach are not around a guy that will do that for you and coach you, maybe not quite like Coach Tannehill did, but in that same, same direction, if you're not a, around a guy, if you're around a guy that's just there to collect a paycheck, then, then you're wasting your time and your kids. You're not going to get better. So if you can, you know, you got to learn to take it a little bit. And I know I've heard you guys talk about that on some previous episodes. There's going to be times you're wrong.
3: Absolutely.
2: And, and you, you gotta, you gotta take it sometimes.
1: I tell my kids I'm wrong every day. You know, when I'm coaching them hard, I'm wrong every day. I got a boss just like they do when we're on the field.
2: Yep. Yep.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 you know, we talk about some funny. so We could sit here and talk stories
0: with Coach T all the time. But at the end of the day, when practice was over, he was asking us, hey, guys, are we going to get something to eat? Like, you know, it's like you yeah. just you just rode me all through practice and now you're asking me where we're going to get something to eat. So it, it took a little while to get used to that. But once I did, I appreciated it a lot more.
2: Oh, shit. Right. <laughs> my favorite's getting fired during a game several times during a game Uh, and then him his parents would be there and say hey man you coming back to the house
3: (laughs) yeah exactly
2: uh uh, am i allowed right (laughs) (laughs) yep
0: i'm with you coach i trust me it was it was interesting times but i'm appreciative of it now
2: yeah oh yeah all right so coach go ahead i'm sorry no it's it's that's just good stuff man i hope I hope we're getting the audience. I hope you guys and what you're doing is getting the audience of some young coaches that can can hear this and benefit from this. Yeah. That is important stuff, man.
0: Absolutely, Coach. And so we'll kind of close out this air it out segment. we got one more question for you, and then we'll jump into right. our overtime. So this last question, uh, what what's the best advice that you can give to someone who is looking to constantly improve as a coach?
2: All right, if you're young and you are trying to move up the ladder, One, lose your ego because you probably are on a staff. Let's say you're at a, you know, you're in a pretty big school of fields. There's probably, you know, 15 coaches and five of them have been 20 plus years, you know, whether they're assistants or whatever. They've got this wealth of knowledge. And maybe, you know, you need to learn how to do the field, laundry. You need to learn how to do these little things. Lose your ego. And if one of the biggest things I used to do and and I had a young coach at Union do it and so did Coach Willis, we'd have laundry, locker room cleanup and one of them would stay and just talk, you know, and it was about getting better. So you got to lose the ego of, you know, coming in. I know some hot new guys coming in right out of college. You know, I'm going to be this, be that. No, you need to you need to do everything at the bottom. So, losing the ego to me is huge.
1: Well, that kind of goes um, with um, Coach McDaniel's answer, kind of like that. Um, some of the stories he told us of those guys coming out of college and, you know, emailing back and forth or interviewing, and they're like, well, I'm not coming unless I'm the varsity defensive coordinator. Right. Yeah, and he's right. like, dude, like you, I mean, you're good. a young guy. Get Start at the lower level and work your way up, you know?
2: Right. It, it, exactly. And especially calling plays, and you know this as well as I do. You, you're going to see something that every game, there's something that's going to, there's going to be something to do. Over yeah. How do you adjust to it? Well, Absolutely. you don't learn how to adjust for a very long time. Correct. You don't, you don't learn how to adjust on the fly really well until you, you've got some experience and that's just taking some advice from some veterans uh, a lot of times and, and not having an ego and, and, you know, like Cam was talking, Coach Willis was talking about, you know, getting, we're getting to call plays on Thursday night. And, and Coach Ellis was good at it, man. He could see the field, but he made mistakes. And being able to come in there and take that criticism and say, hey, I'm, now I'm going to go back to work. I'm not going to pout. I'm going to go back to work, you know. Uh, so that, that, to me, is huge. Um, i tell you another big one to me, and I see it so much with these young people, especially now, uh, managing your time learning to manage your time if you want to improve you're gonna have to make time to learn new drills to go to some clinics or go chalk talk with some guys you know just a round table or heck just like this with you guys you know learning to make time for stuff like that and i know young guys they got you know girlfriends are waiting on you to propose and they're saying (laughs) man that used to drive me nuts well, my girlfriend says I have to go to this wedding for her sister's cousin's friend. What? <laughs> you know, sometimes you got to learn to block out time and say, hey, I'm going to study, you know, I'm going to go talk to a coach between this hour and this hour or set it up. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to work a new drill. I'm going to watch a new drill. I'm going to get some drill tape or. Or I'm going to go to a college practice. Heck, I, just about any college, you pick up the phone to get the right guy, they'll let you come. Right. You know? And do it. You got to block out and learn how to manage your time and expect, as a young coach, to line the field. It's going to take more than 30 minutes.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Make yourself marketable, kind of like yeah. you said right. earlier. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah.
2: Make yourself marketable. And if you're that guy that understands how to crown the, the, the paint machine or, cut the field or line the field, you know that this stop is over here and this one's missing, you're valuable to these veterans because they don't want to be out there. You're valuable, and they're going to remember that stuff. And then when it's time to coach you up on the things that matter, they will. They're a lot less apt to coach up that guy that said, I ain't doing that
3: they, well, they want to know how hard you're going to work before they want to know well, what that, you know. The biggest
2: thing, man, and I heard I heard you say that, Coach Davis, on another episode, man. One of the biggest things I look for in guys is work ethic, and I can tell you whether a guy's going to be successful or not, whether he knows football or not, on how hard he'll work. And if he doesn't know football, but he'll bust his tail, I can work with that. We'll you can
3: coach a him, role. Up. Yeah, yeah. You can coach him
2: up. Yeah, absolutely. I think those are just that's that's pretty big stuff right there.
0: Yeah, Coach. All, all, everything that you. This was a a great session, the aired out session. Again, it's our it's our meat and potatoes, you know, session. Uh, it's it's the the important stuff we wanted to talk about, and and you you gave some really great answers, and we really appreciate it. And you know, so we'll go ahead and wrap this up, and then we'll come back for our overtime segment, and we'll close everything out. All right, great. All right, man. All right, so we're here. This is our overtime segment. Again, we've got Coach Ryan Young here. This is. He's the head, I mean, I'm sorry, he's the offensive coordinator at Lugoff Elgin High School. Coach, we appreciate you being on, and, and a lot of the stuff that you talked about today is, is great stuff. I'm excited about, you know, putting this episode out here. So we've kind of reached the overtime segment here, and what we're going to do in the overtime segment is we'll kind of throw it to you if you got some questions or you want to talk about something or revisit a topic that we were talking about, that's up to you. So overtime segment, I'm going to go ahead and let you do your talking.
2: All right. Well, it's a two-part. My first one, I got two two main topics or two main questions. But my first one's a two-part question because you got to go offense, you got to go defense, but because I can't leave fields out. Okay,
1: that's uh, right. I got to
2: hear this one. All right, but my first one's to the offensive guys, and um I know Coach Davis, you you've done a little bit of both, so um, I guess kind of we all have. But all right, ball on on the three-yard line, two-point play type thing. Or something you know, three three yards to go in goal. What offensive play you got to have it right now? What do you got?
0: See, what well, the only thing I don't like about this coach is what if somebody's listening to this and we're going to play against them? You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> you, you setting me up for failure here. Right. Uh, you setting me up I'm for failure. It down. I told okay. you
2: I got some of your stuff. <laughs> um, uh,
0: my, so give me
2: a formation. Okay, formation well, kind of what you're trying to do.
0: Well, I again, it depends on what I've, the personnel I've got, obviously. But you know, in an ideal world, I would like to have maybe a two tight end set, and then have the opportunity to have man on the outside. You know, two tights, two receivers on each side, or one on each side. Um, so if I if I do have the one on one option, you know, to either throw a fade or throw a comeback, or you know, that little comeback stop route in the end zone, something like that. If you yeah. know, because I'm gonna I'm gonna teach my guys how to win in that situation if they give that to us. But you know, I like maybe, you know, shifting the tight end and bumping them over. And then, you know, you can do some different motions and things like that, but I like the the sprint out and the throwback with the tight end coming out the backside. And I know right. I know Coach T's, like you know, he's he's had that in his offense. We ran a little bit different, you know, back when he was there. I don't know what formation we really ran out of, but I like dressing some stuff up, you know, dress it up, give them something to look at, motion across or shifting across. And, you know, like a little sprint to the right, if you got a right-handed quarterback and a little throwback to the left or, or sprint left if you got a quarterback that's left-handed, throw it back to the right, something like that. But, you know, ideally my formations, I, I just – if I got personnel and I can have two tights, I want to be able to look out there. You know me. I'm going to look out there and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make the decision then. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, hey, guys, we're going to go out there. This is what we're going to run. But check with me first. Like, let's yeah. go out there. And if I like it, I'll just give you the thumbs up. Let's run it. And if I see something else, then I want to check it. So if I get a matchup one on one, uh, you know, I'm going I'm to expect my guy to win. And, you know, if not, then we're going, like I said, I'm going to throw some eye candy at them and, and do some shifts and motions and, and try to get them, you know, going one way and then throw something back the other way. If that kind of answers your
2: question. Yeah, that, that's pretty good. It's amazing. We kind of think a lot alike on that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean,. You know, we did spend a lot of time together, so we probably talked about some of this (laughs) stuff before too.
1: And I'll go ahead and just throw in my two cents on this. Um, I think from an offensive perspective, I would run, formation-wise, I would do something extreme, Um, something that I don't normally do formation-wise or something that's going to put the defense in a bind. So I'm not saying a specific formation, but an extreme to me would be uh, a goal line package, a heavy package where you're bringing in some guys you don't normally do. Um, using tempo, I think is something that could be utilized better with some high school offenses if it's second and or, let's say it's third and five and now it's fourth and one and you're going to go for it. Get out, get that package out there quick and go. That way the defense doesn't have time to adjust. Um, something we yeah. look for, we're looking for, you know, 99 coming on the field. Well, if my guy up top can't see that in time because their jersey numbers are tight, now your defense can't really adjust, or if they do, they do it late. Another extreme, I think, would be... Disadvantage. Right, would be going straight up empty. You know, I joke around about like an empty, but, and yes, you're going to deal with the armchair quarterbacks up in the bleachers if you drop the ball, but fourth and one or something like that, uh, not necessarily goal line, but... Something of that nature where it's real tight and you need yards, get an get empty and see what they're going to do. Who are they not going to cover on fourth and one? Can you run a little stick route? Can you run your simple quick game and get that yard? You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Really try to get the defense in a, in a disadvantage. Get Play the numbers game there too. You know, do what yeah. you do and do, you know, if you're a power counter team, do what you do best, but find a tricky way to do it when it's, you know, nut-cutting time, honestly.
0: Yeah, and, and Coach, yep. like, you know, obviously, again, it depends on your personnel, too. Like, you can't sure. just – if you ain't got five guys that can line up out, and, you know, you might not want to get an empty. But, I mean, and if you ain't got two tight ends, then you ain't getting a two-tight end set. So, like, you right. know, it's personnel-based. Right. But I remember, I think we tied Coach – I think it was Coach T's first year when we had Keyston at quarterback, and we went empty for the two-point conversion to tie Gaffney before they went down and actually beat us. But – and he went with jet motion, faked the jet, and then, you know, Keeson's 235 pounds, and yeah. he, we needed two yards. So, you know, go get yeah. it for it, big fella. So, you know, there's some different things you can do. Do we get to ask you the question back, or are you just kind of
2: – Yeah, man, come on.
0: Let, let's see what you got there. Yeah, what's your answer here?
2: I'll tell you, um, one of the things that I, I did a lot this year, um, because it, and it, we see a lot of funky defenses, because we can throw it and we can run it, and they have to honor that. So I would get in – I love my – I had a really good tight end and two really good backs, and I had one wide receiver that was pretty good. So I would get in a pro set with, you know, 21 personnel and, uh, and motion my stud over off the ball to make it twins with my tight end backside. And my quarterback would read, if that outside backer bumped inside, we're working the, the weak side to the tight end and to H backs. And it might be power. It might be not, not G, whatever. But power. <laughs> there it is. But straight, straight power. <laughs> yeah. You know? I love it. Um, and, and, and my quarterback was, see, if that outside linebacker stayed out of a certain point, of course, we had to practice this. If he stayed outside and played on the edge and he had contained, which meant that five technique may be slanting or that seven, if they're in a seven, he's going to take inside and that guy's got outside. Well, we may, we may go counter the other way. Or now it tells me, you know, that safety walks down, he's in the in in a in the box to make it the eighth guy and they're manned up. Okay, I'm going to my dude out there, you know. Yeah, so you and got... it gives me two different options. And that motion makes them say, okay, here's what we're going to – because at some point they got to determine, this is what we're in. Yeah. And, and that that's kind of it.
0: And, and that's what I love about – like what you're talking about, coaches, because even if your opponent, let's say you the guy that you're playing in the second round of playoffs, is listening right now, it don't yeah. matter because if he does this, then you're going to run this. If he does, I mean, not saying that you're going right. to beat him, but I'm saying you're looking at different things. If the if the like you said, if the linebacker bumps in, we're going to work this. If he bumps out, we're going to work that. So it's
2: yeah, we're you know, going to give somebody a good player. We're going to yeah. give one of our better players a chance at the ball. And yep. if I have them both on the same side, one guy can play two.
0: Yeah. You put know. put your and, best guys and, in the best situation they can be in. There you go.
3: I think there the scariest go. thing as a defensive coach is an offense that treats the the two yard line like it's the fifty, and doesn't limit yeah. themselves to what they do and say. Oh, well, we know they're going to go to an O line package even if they, you know, go into a hurt. But if they get into trips or if they get into quads or if they start motioning a bunch of guys and they don't compact the field just because it is compact. To me, that's a scary thing as a defensive coach because you don't know what they're going to throw at you. You know, obviously, yeah, you're that, going to you know, be. I'm
1: not going to lie. That doesn't really scare me, Coach Davis. <laughs> I mean, I'm that's, just. That's be what Coach Fields
2: is saw my boss stay going in empty. Yes. Know? And yes. Something funky. You know, um, you're, you're an empty. Like, wait a minute. Do we need to press these guys? Because if you yeah. don't, I can throw quick right now. Yep. Yep. And if you spread out and get out of the box, quarterback I'm just some, a quarterback. Yeah, quarterback you got it. You.
0: Listen, I can't yeah. tell you how many times I've sat here watching football games at the two yard line and, and the team gets an empty and I'm just counting the numbers. I'm like quarterback draw, quarterback yeah, draw.
3: Can't can see can see <laughs> do a great job of and they their, do it. They're two point their their two yard gone stuff where they'll inside shovel. They'll Yeah, you know, they get they get a lot of window dressing, move a lot of guys. Because once you start moving guys, and defense guys starts moving. and
1: I mean, and honestly, too, I'm just going to throw this out here. We're, we're, you know, when I talk about extremes, too, I am talking about MD. But also these heavy sets, man, Sumter whooped our tail in that heavy set in the second round this year. And I've seen it my last year at Berkeley. It was the same situation. We had to go up there and they had even more dudes and they just got in these funky formations and not necessarily outmanned us as far as numbers, but our numbers just weren't enough. I mean right. it is high school and you football, got man. Dudes, yeah. If you
2: got dudes and they, and you're confident in their ability to, to get to their angles and their blocks, block, don't put it in the air. Yeah. You, you start I bringing
1: see.
3: you start bringing defensive linemen to play, fullback and linebackers right. to come man. on
1: And I'm telling yeah. you, when somebody can get though when somebody can be efficient and get those kids out there before you can really have the counter back defensively. That's scary, yeah. dude. When when you yeah. now when you have the ability to take a safety out and put a you know a tweener in, or you can maybe get in a five two compared to being in a four-two and things like that, like yeah, that, that kinda lessens the load a little bit. But if they get out there quick and get set, Bo, or if your spotter can't see that 99's out there, or 99 wears 34 and he looks like this other kid. There's straight confusion and chaos going on pre-snap, and it's right. scary. I mean, it, it's real scary, you know. Yeah, so that's
2: kind of where I wanted to go with that next part of that was yeah, asking you yeah, specifically, it. you know, uh, what what kind of coverage and, and and defense you're running right there, and to a de- to an offense that's that's not just getting in too tight, broken bone, and here we come but a team that maybe puts two wide, like I was saying, a twins look or a trips look, what, what kind of defense are you going to, what, what's your thing to that?
1: Um. So, you know, <laughs> kind of a general question, right? So, but at the same time I, I get where you're going with this. So
2: I'm taking notes, by the way. Yeah. Great, great.
1: Great. I can see you with your notepad <laughs> right now. I, I know great. you got it. great. I so, have it. <laughs> um. I think it's all situational and, I think there's some defensive guys that do a great job with it and some without, and you got to kind of work this with your kids too. Like situational, you may still be able to run your base coverages because people think, you know, some people think that defensively we just run all the coverages. Right. But it's kind of like offense. When you have that scheme philosophy, not just your offensive philosophy, when you have your scheme philosophy, you have your top route combinations, right. Or concepts. Well, it's the same thing defensively, you know? So, You may have kids that can't necessarily run press man, right? They may not be tall and have that reach and be able to reach with the offhand or things like that. But I will tell you something that uh, a guy, Fred Edwards, he coached at Somerville for 40 years, kind of like yourself, he's got a bunch of state titles and a freaking shoebox. I mean, he's got a (laughs) bunch of jackets. He was – Coach McKissick always got them like a jacket or a watch. It was a watch, something like that instead of a ring. But regardless, me and him would try to work on this. And we didn't honestly do it enough. Uh, we wanted to create some pattern matching down there yes. and almost look, make it look like a like a cover two base is kind of what we wanted to do. So we wanted to make it look like cover zero and have the ability to switch would be kind of my um, ideal situation, right? If we're just keep it general and I've got some kids who can actually play pattern matching and you got to have kids to do it. I have got out of it before because it didn't work. Um, But idealistically, I want some type of balanced one guy low, one guy high. Um, They're talking, they're communicating. You know what I mean? And also another thing you got to work on is if somebody throws a tight end or a H back in there, a lot of DBs just forget about them. You know what I mean?
3: They 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 forget about
1: that cat. They're like, dude, that's a skinny lineman. I'm not worried about his butt. But... When you're working your coverages down there tight, you've got to be able to talk if you're going to do this. Um, I've also done this with DBs. Stay on a different level. Like at Berkeley, I would scream at those guys all the time.
0: Absolutely. Just stay
1: at a different level. We don't want to be where that kid can run us into each other. I want you if, level. If we're playing – exactly. If we're playing, you know, we always want to play inside leverage when it's tight, right? We're Just, just basically. Yeah. But if you're going to actually switch, you still need to be at different levels. If you're going to play just cover zero, still be at different levels. Don't be even. You know what I mean? Don't have your DBs even because you're just opening it up for somebody to ear earhole each other, you know? Right. Um, so, idealistically, I'm looking for something that they can read their guys, and it may be one step instead of the traditional five yards. Or I teach guys three steps when we pattern match. I don't really think kids can see yardage when the ball snapped. (laughs) I mean, honestly, like a lot of coaches would be like, "Well, if if five yards, that's when you call switch." Those kids aren't looking at those ticks, right? So that to me, I'm looking for something real simple that my kids can do, and so we don't bust it. And I've had a bunch of busted coverages. I've been a part of any defensive mess up you could think of, but. Uh, you know, to to just basically answer your question is something that's simple for the kids, and something that we can switch if we have to. I'm a big inside leverage guy, to be honest with you. When you yeah, get that, tight, that
2: gives that gives me fits, and that usually tells me if you play inside leverage, I can't I can't get a clean pick.
1: Yeah, because the pick's coming or a slant's you coming. Know. You see it yeah. Friday night, Saturday, Sunday nights. Yeah. You see guys just giving up slants for no damn reason. Because they're head up or almost outside leverage. They're you know, looking at me times, like I'm crazy, but I'm getting fired up. Like Coach said yeah, a customer. That's,
2: but that's that's how it, that's how it works, man. And and like I told you guys earlier, a lot of times you surprise me with a two minute drill because my quarterback will call a lot of it. Yeah. He has to he's the guy on the field that sees it. So it's not any different. We get down there and I may call a play and I may have a pick route called on a goal line and he sees that pattern match type thing, which we did see a couple of times. Yeah. And it tells him, uh-oh, I'm confused. And so his safe route is what we did best, which was power back to the tight end. Well, but the problem is they're loaded up over there. You know? Yep. They're stemming that guy in, and the linebacker's folding over the top, and yeah. they got us. So it's a really – it's a tough thing to hey, do. Hey, Coach,
1: just a lot all problem. you got to do is run the ball. Run power coach. counters better than <laughs> anybody else. Coach,
0: coach, listen, if you get people to start playing we, – we won't talk about it no more on the podcast. People are listening. But if you get pattern matching stuff going on, i had to coach against these guys for five years with them doing that stuff in practice, so I started just making up stuff. But if you want to just off-air, you know, come see me, and we'll we'll talk oh, about some happened. stuff. I got you. I that's got happened. you. I'm not say you know
2: I'm, I carry a whiteboard in my car.
0: I'm not going to give you, like, this is not going to be like work every time. But just having to, honestly, like seriously, having to practice against those guys doing that for five years you start to pick up some different things that you know
1: work and don't work so and and yep. this is a credit to coach Evers too what Cam just said um, a lot of guys would get done playing us and they're like well they're just playing cover 0 absolutely i've heard um, it said before they're like shoot man they got a- it's berkeley they got athletes they just playing cover 0 you know that, and they're just like they just playing cover zero, and we're not. We we are sure we end up playing man because any coverage ends up being man coverage. Let's be right real.
2: as soon as you you break off your off. Right, you, exactly. To...
1: At some point in the post snap play, everything turns into man. Okay. Yeah. But that's definitely something that we've we've kind of heard before. Is oh, it's just cover zero. No, buddy, we you got some rules that. to it. You know what I mean? When you yeah. do it well, um, and it and it's. And this isn't, when we're talking about this, you can't just be like, all right, DBs, we're going to pattern match down here today (laughs) when we're in the goal. Like, you've got to, it's got to be in your core system, you know. It's got to be something you work because I'll be honest with you. We got to a point at Berkeley where we had some stubborn DBs and we we scrapped it. We went back to either zone coverage or just man coverage, you know. I mean, it's really, it depends on your group of kids and how you can coach it. Um but, I mean, dude, it, it's so scary. Honestly, as a coordinator down there, when you're in a tight situation, you're really just going, okay, I'm stopping power and counter right here, and if they throw the ball, I'll take it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's kind of how I think, too, just because I'm going, all right, where's their tight end? Where's the H-back? Are they going to run behind the H-back? All right, if they if they throw the ball up, let that kid try to throw a fade. Let the high school kid right. try to put it in the bucket.
2: Low percentage throw.
1: That's why I'm an yeah. inside leverage guy when it comes to, like, man coverage anyway. Yeah. You know, don't let him throw the three-step slant that they work on every day. You know, make him put it in the trash can like Coach Willis works on. Make him try to do that. you
2: still do that drill? I love that drill.
0: Absolutely. And most of the time I win against the quarterback, so. (laughs) I can't
2: throw it no
0: more. Oh, man. Yeah, so. Coach, this, I mean, obviously this is the overtime segment. We're probably gonna wrap. I know you've been like driving around, and, and you know, first first of all, let us all say, you know, we appreciate you taking out the time to just come on here and, and yeah, talk about awesome. this. Yeah, appreciate it's been great. you,
3: Coach Young. Oh,
2: I, you know, guys, I could do this all day, every day, uh, uh, and I just appreciate what you're doing. I'm so glad you guys organized and put it together because I, like I told you before, I, I don't think there's anything like this, this podcast out there. Not that I have heard, and especially in, in the state of South Carolina, it's this is great, man. And I, I'm I'm trying to tell everybody I know, like, man, you gotta listen to this. I I, I listened to Coach Sweeney was the first episode I listened to, and man, you know, I, there's there's a day that'll come that I probably want to be an AD. You know, yeah. maybe when I'm a little older. But uh well, dang, coach, you're already kind of old, man. ain't you? <laughs> I know. How, I got how old time. are you? Hey, I, got, I got an 11-year-old, so I got some time to go. I mean, you
0: got like 30 years experience already.
2: Yeah, and I, I'm hoping they don't kick me out because uh, <laughs> I got to get him through college. Uh, but, you know, just this is this is some stuff that, that, that people just don't think about. There were some things that I wrote down. I stopped and wrote down that Coach Sweeney said. Um, so, man, this, this is just great. And the more you guys can promote and get it out there and – you know, get some guys, especially, you know, we're trying to build this profession. Yes, sir. Uh, and it, it, this is this is great. So, I really appreciate being a guest and absolutely enjoy talking ball with you guys Anytime. time.
0: Yeah, Coach. And like I said, we appreciate it. I know you could have been doing a thousand other things tonight. So, you know, just <laughs> thanks for taking the time out for us. And I'll let these guys kind of go around. There's, like, one last little thing they got before we'll wrap this thing up. Coach, All you right. got to come down here and play golf with us soon.
2: I can't wait, man. I suck. And I'm only putting up so much money if Cam's playing or even he's on my team. And we can bet whatever y'all uh, want. I'm, to I'm not
3: putting money up against Cam, I can tell you that. He's going to have to give me a lot of shots. I'm not talking yeah. about, you know, talking about on the golf course here.
2: Coach Fields? He used to give me a lot of oh. shots and I still lose.
0: Yeah. I think, I'm still, I think I still got like, like a can of cash I got from you and Coach Tannehill, so.
2: Yes. <laughs> I know I paid you rent.
1: <laughs> Coach Fields, you got anything for him? No, I'm just – was very excited to get him on. The first time I met Coach Young was a couple of years ago. We saved Cam from drowning. First of all, um, well, we won't talk about we that won't on talk air. About that, but we saved Cam. You know, me and Coach Young. Oh, man. And we probably burned through 750 pieces of firewood at Which the time was an as awesome well. Night. Absolutely, it was an awesome night. absolutely. So Coach Young's an awesome guy. I mean, reach out to him. Uh, reach out to us like don't don't be shy we're trying to learn things too we're we're not perfectionists or experts or bill belichicks we're doing this to learn too you know we want people who are listening to learn but we are trying to learn through this thing too if there's something we're doing wrong or something that y'all would like to hear or see or do or whatever just hit us up and let us know you know
2: yeah please do and anybody who's listening you know uh it's not hard to find me and yeah. i'll answer the call I love the top ball, man. Yeah, we
0: just gotta get you on Twitter, coach, because I ain't seen a Twitter handle from you ever, so
2: I just upgraded my iPhone now. Hold on. Listen, you
0: went from the four to the twelve.
2: <laughs> I didn't even know it was a twelve till you
0: asked. <laughs> oh man, coach, again, man. We appreciate you being on here again and we need to get some more trips like that up. You know, absolutely. We'll go we'll oh, go absolutely. burn some firewood and stuff like that and, and sit around and talk some football and stuff like that. And you know, I look forward to you know, obviously we're not in the same spot anymore. We're a little bit farther away from each other, but still consider you, you know, one of my brothers and and someone I look up to. Absolutely. So again, you know, we appreciate you coming on here and look forward to many more times.
2: Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me.
0: All right, coach. We'll go ahead and wrap this thing up, man. All right, boy. All right. That's all we've got for today's episode of the YCA podcast. Thanks for listening and make sure you go to Spotify and hit that subscribe button. Also, be sure to check us out on Twitter at YCA underscore podcast. Follow, like, retweet, and share the YCA podcast and feel free to send questions or content ideas you'd like to be covered in the future. Thanks again for listening. This is Cam Willis signing off. Until next time, see ya.